that um no we're good i i'm good to i'm good to go i think did you have yourself muted what's that did you have yourself muted by mistake because i've done that before. i did yeah i did i absolutely did <laughs> good work smart Sit back, relax, and enjoy the warm sounds of the Beer Engine Podcast with Griff and Tony. Oh, there it is. Look at that. That was live, crack, people. Crack of a beer. Boy, it's beautiful, beautiful. All right, gang, what's up? It's it's Griff. It's the Beer Engine Podcast. As we wrap up another, another year of podcasting genius we're coming up on the third grippy awards amazing to think about that we've been doing this this consistently for this long really probably the most successful part of this is just how much we made of it um which is amazing and a little depressing to think about but another christmas in the books uh tony yeah we were talking a little bit before the show but why don't you tell everyone uh all the excitement you got into maybe some of the food that you were making uh how did everything come out you guys have a nice time over there oh just before we get into that when you were doing your intro and you said another year coming up on three years Mm -hmm. i thought you were going to quote good friend of the show corporate overlord dj kellard and and just use the term another one Another one, yeah. Well, we have, uh, you know, the bag The bag was lo- secured long ago. Um, DJ Khaled, obviously, as we know, left the show in, a, um, in, in disgrace, frankly, um, when he was let off by uh, OSHA officials for uh, uh, a series of uh, illegal behaviors. But... Uh, you know, uh, we, we've we've hung around since then. It'll actually be what's it going to be? We we started in twenty twenty March, right before yep. COVID. So yeah, it'll be, uh, you know, three full years uh, we're coming up on, which is is pretty amazing to think about. But it's wild to think that we we did a beer podcast that um, started basically right on COVID and continued on through because beer is a social activity. As I'm coming to find out now that we've we've got a place that I can gather and have a beer, um, and yeah, you you were certainly limited in the early days of the pandemic to continue on and 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 keep at it. Was that's a real testament? I don't think it's depressing at all. Kind of like Christmas. Yeah, um, it wasn't depressive yeah. at all. Hey, it was so it was so great that it's inspired uh, some of our friends to start up their new podcast. So we're excited for for him to get him to get into this whole crazy game and and see what that feller can can put out here. Um, yeah, it's it's like so, it's a crazy game of poker. Mm-hmm. That's it's like uh, it's like a cra- you know it's a crazy game of poker in a in a place that oh is it's not always as it seems. Aha! Uh-huh. It's not <laughs> not so Iowa like here after all, is it? They say this is that's true. what we say. <laughs> that's what we say. We're here. We are, we're always talking about how much it's so different from from Iowa. Well, Crazy. is it really? I I, I will say it no, is different. No. <laughs> well, it's no. probably not different in no. Vegas where you because um, friend of the show, um, Iowa Hawkeyes trainer. Um, uh, Brad, who mm. I play poker with occasionally, um, 
he was talking the other day. He was in a, a casino just having drinks and getting his gamble on and a woman came over to him and said, are you having a good time? She was pr- ragingly drunk. And he said, yeah. Mm-hmm. This is in one of the Iowa casinos? or Yeah, yeah. I think he said it was in Iowa City, which I think okay. he said why well, it was kind of fucked up. And he said, yeah, having a good time. And then she went away and she came back and she's like, yeah, it's good to see all, all of us Trump supporters together having a great time. And he's like, fuck <laughs> off, get away from me. So... Hey, I'm sure you get your fair share of Trump supporters in Vegas as well. Oh, of course we have. Uh, we have. Hey, nearly fifty percent is is floating around here. Um, there are a number of casinos in Iowa, actually, Tony. Um, I have not been to any of them. Uh, um, the closest I've been to one is the one in Dubuque. Um, or there's two in Dubuque now. Well, um, boy, they look great. <laughs> um, that's fine. That's fine. That's all right. We're not going to think about that anymore. Um, yeah, no, I, I'll be honest. It's uh, There's probably more things similar about here in Iowa than, than one would think. I think we have less meth. I don't know if we have quite the the, the amount of, of meth floating around here. Really? Um, I think there's – there. It's. I'm not saying it's not here, but it's, it's, um, it's more of a mix of the meth plus the uh, – um, some of the higher end drugs, I think. I think we have more of the more of your boutique drugs, like your fentanyl out here too. Uh huh. We get a lot of that. That's very popular, um, uh, uh, including like your. I mean, people are people are still doing you know cocaine. It's, that's around. Oh, you're um, talking on the strip kind of thing. I always like to think of Vegas sort of like you're hanging out playing wiffle ball at a park. I tend to see a lot of meth heads then when I'm hanging out at those kind of parks. So that's why oh, I yeah, associate right. Vegas and meth together in, in one you're probably sentence. You're probably right. <laughs> you, you, sometimes you might see him scurry into the Wahoos fish taco and gambling parlor. Nice. And uh, Your favourite And, and say that they really want to play the buffalo. They really, really need to play the buffalo really bad. Sit at the Buffalo, watch the little movie that plays before you play the slot machine, um, and leave. Uh, not actually ever put any money into it. So that's, I think mean, you're probably right. Um, I don't know. I guess I just associate it with central Illinois and Iowa because um, it's very, very popular there because it's you can synthesize it. Yep. Um, and a couple you don't of need batteries. People to, some Drano. People to come, come from out of town to get it. So. Um, it's very popular. I think, I think like Shanahan or Manuka, Illinois is like the meth capital of the universe or something like that. So kind of crazy. Um, yeah. Hey, hey, great way to start the show. Um, you know, maybe on a future pop, maybe when, uh, maybe when I get onto, um, onto TAI, I'll be the worst guest ever. I don't get involved in too much illicit activity. That Um, is impossible. You know why? We had a version one of this show, and we had the Amer- the North American Monopoly champ. Mm. You are I a better guest that. than the North American <laughs> Monopoly champ. Wow. Um, yeah. That, that's a good that, get, though. You had that guy who wrote the book that's like, women want to be yelled at or whatever, that, that feller. Yes. Whatever that guy's name was, I forgot what his deal was. But hey, talk like, about yeah, 10 years too early with that podcast. That guy was 10 years too early with his hustle. 
He should he should have been on Ben Shapipo many times. He should have been. Oh, uh, he's more a Matt, Matt Walsh kind of guy. Yeah, Matt uh, Walsh or Jordan Peterson. Yeah, absolutely right up yeah. Stephen Crowder's alley too. Mm, Crowder, yeah, would have been perfect for this. What was that guy's name? I asked Brian this every about eight weeks, and he remembers him, but I I can't ever piece together the guy's name. Um. All right. Well, speaking of Christmas, we did go over and see our uh, our, our friend and colleague in the podcast world, and now competitor, of course, um, uh, Brian, and uh, he made some pizza. Very exciting. How did he go at pizza? How did he work on his um, hot oven, five fifty, six hundred degree pizza steel? Pizza steel. That's the way to go these days, rather than the stone. I don't know. He just had a pan. Yeah, he, oh. he rolled. He, he had some. He did. He fermented some dough for about twenty four hours, and and uh, slapped it on a pan, rolled it out thin, um, and uh, it kind of came out. Reminded me of more of like a Chicago tavern style pizza, a little bit crispy, chewy crust. Yep. Um, got the cheese nice and cooked up on top. Did some like deli sliced pepperoni salami type stuff that was fucking good. <laughs> I could just eat that. That was good. So, sauce was good. Nice little like home style pizza. I enjoyed it. Yep. Um, drank some drank some fancy cocktails the the Malika way and and uh, had a nice little time there. Now, I actually find that um, Chicago tavern style or any of the tavern styles, New Haven, whatever, any mm-hmm. kind of bar style pie is more suited to that home oven because you can actually um, give it that longer cook to let it get super crispy. So I think that was yeah, the right move. I thought he would have gone authentic Italian um, and try and replicate something similar to what I'm doing. But um, um, I would say there's there not a lot of authentic Italian about Brian, to be fair. He's um, not really he's not really one to follow the, uh, the you know, the Mario Batali uh, no, Joe Lydia Lydia Bastianich cookbook to a T. He's sort of a he's sort of somewhere between a um, uh, somewhere between that and maybe like a macaroni grill type situation. <laughs> I'd say you know he's got a little bit of that in him. Uh, yeah, slap some slap some red sauce and chicken parm on there. He's gonna be a happy camper, I'm sure. Now, question about his sauce on his pizza: cook sauce or not not cook sauce? Um, you know, it's interesting. I, I think he went with a cooked sauce. Yep. Which would be more like a tavern style. Yep. Um, because it was not cooking for long. It would have been probably too acidic if he had gone with the with the uncooked sauce. I, I actually think. believe you're right there because I, I yeah. as you saw the other day, I did it. And that was the one critique I had was I think for doing that style, it needs to be a cooked sauce. Because yeah, it needs to cook more guts. Cook it down a, a hair. Um, one of the reasons it works on the deep dish is because it's it's cooks for so goddamn long that it pulls some of the acidity out of the tomatoes and some of the water. Yeah, and um, it, and it works on your um, Neapolitan style of pizza as well because everything's a little bit more in balance and you're not you're not loading that sucker up in the same way with with your peps and the like. So. Um, did it inspire you to get cooking pizza, or are you just still good buying it? 
Man, I feel like I'm just I'm I, I haven't bought a pizza in a while because I'm still just eating all my friends are making pizza. So when am I <laughs> when am I gonna fit my pizza making in, you know? Yep. Going to Brian's house, he's making pizza, going to my, my buddy's house out in uh in Mountain's Edge, he's cooking up pizza in that crazy oven. Um you know, and then maybe sometimes the, the closest I get to buying it is I go to Corey's on Fridays. Um, on the off hands, I haven't been eating many pizzas and pick up one from Signora, um, who's got the big wood-fired oven in the truck. And that shit's amazing. So it just hasn't, you know, I, I would love to do it. I'm sure I'd be fine at it, uh, but it's just like not, not really needing it right now. Well, that's kind of my thing with homebrewing, to bring it back to beer for a split second. Mm-hmm. When I was homebrewing, I couldn't find a, a decent beer ever. I, there was not even a damn Murphy's close by. Uh, the most exciting beer I probably got was Great Northern at the time. So when I started homebrewing, there was a need to homebrew. There's no wood-fired pizza in this town or even the next town over. So to get a decent pizza, right. you need to make it yourself. Otherwise, you're travelling... Uh, minimum 45 minutes, and even then you're not guaranteed of a good pizza. So um, if there's no, if you're getting quality pizza, what's the point of making it yourself? I'm, I'm a believer in you should only do things if you're passionate or you need to. In this case, I'm passionate yeah, about might. both, but um, yeah. Sometimes you want to do it because uh, your your only other option is one some version that has too many preservatives or junk in it, and yep. you want to be a little more cognizant of what you're eating. You know, but when I go to a friend's house or even when I go to Signora, you watch them make it, you're like, okay, they're not fucking around here. They're making, <laughs> they're hand making this dough. They're, you can see the, they're putting the cans of San Marzano tomatoes in there. They're, they got, they're picking the basil out. You can see, you know, you, you kind of have a feel for what they're, what they're doing with the thing, you know? Um, but, it, you know, if my only option was Papa John's, I'd be like, well, <laughs> you got to figure something out here because yep. I can't be eating Papa John's. Uh, all too often, you know, that's not a great idea. No. Um, same. I agree with you. At beer, Tony, when I was homebrewing, um, I still could get, that was my problem. I couldn't get excited to do it because I couldn't make a beer that was as good as somebody nearby could make. I could, when I could go to Half Acre and get Daisy Cutter, what is the point of me making a pale ale? I don't. Yeah. Yep. You just feel like you're wasting money, you know? Yeah. It wasn't well, much cheaper. Well, I, I could do it for, I could do. 20 litres for for 46 bucks, and and that yeah, was fair. substantially cheaper. But when you factor in time, it, it really wasn't a matter of cost. It was it was either something that you loved, which I, I did love, or it was something you were doing because you couldn't get a product. And when you've got those two factors working together, it, it comes easy. But when it's just as easy to go down the street, pick up something that's, that's amazing. Even now I'm drinking... Um, Tropical XBA by Ocean Ocean Reach um, wouldn't wouldn't call it an all time banger, but it's as good as what I was brewing at the time, and I couldn't say that uh, ten years ago. It, that it's come on in leaps and bounds, um, and the whole right. of the Australian beer scene has really. Yep, it's it's the is the situation with with a lot of things right and my, my problem with beer wasn't i mean I, whatever i could do it for 50 or 55 bucks or whatever and get a kit and <laughs> distill water and all that stuff but it's just a matter of like um 
what could I produce? I never felt like I could attenuate at the rate that I wanted to. I, I, I didn't have the science. I, I could have, but I could have gone to the next level. And I was like, okay, what's that going to cost, you know, for me to go to the next level with all this? And it just didn't pay off for me, you know. I don't plan on starting a brewery. I think you'd be nuts to do that. But some people are nuts, and we, we thank them. Yep, we do. Um, and uh, it, you know, we we appreciate that. But it's just not it's just not going to happen over here. No. Um, now I did have yeah. pizza. I didn't have yeah. it on Christmas. I had it for Boxing Day. Not sure whether you're familiar with the term, yep. even. Yep. We, you like? Oh yeah, we know that. We know that one. We don't really celebrate it here, but it is a thing. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't say we celebrate it. It's more like um, Black Friday for us. That's when the sales happen and people go to the cricket. Excuse me. (coughs) Um, Did you go to the cricket? No, I didn't go to the cricket. I I watched it on TV in a spa. That's what I did with a mate of mine. So the Melbourne Test is on, which is the five-day version of the game, and... He's a big cricket guy, and we, we tend to get together every Boxing Day, sit in the spa, drink some great beer. This year I drank one of the um, last Goose Island Burble County stouts that I had on hand. Sure. But before that, ended up doing some breakfast pizzas, same as you have them in America. The only thing is we call them an Aussie pizza in Australia, but exactly the same ingredients, really. Um, used some Christmas ham that was left over. Mm, that was really the only sure. change from, say, bacon or, or store-bought ham. And it was pretty delicious. I've really become a fan of egg on a on a sort of Neapolitan-style base. It, it goes really, really crispy and crunchy and delicious in that 90 seconds. So I am looking at the Anthony Felco way of doing it where you put the separate the yolks and the whites and okay. you put the whites on the pizza, cook them out under mm-hmm. the flame, and you just squirt the yolk on while the pizza's hot and it cooks in time and leaves you like with a jammy yolk, which sounds pretty delicious as well. That does sound good. Um, I haven't had a breakfast pizza in a minute. Last time I had one, it was here, actually, a place that's now closed that was by Brian's old house, and they put a fucking dozen eggs on it, I swear to God. It was... Not good. It was just egg on crust. <laughs> so you only really need one unpleasant. egg. It should yeah, add you to really the do sauce. Not need more, more of an egg. Yeah, right. Yeah, no, I get you. It's all about balance. Uh, Kelly, Kelly would have been all about a ham, the ham on the on the breakfast pizza. I think that would have really, that really won her over. Um, I think that's the only thing she missed from our Christmas was that I didn't. There was no ham in our Christmas. <laughs> did not did not include ham in the situation there. So you didn't do a ham. What's your go-to? Do you glaze a ham and bake it? Is that your go-to during Christmas? If I was doing a family Christmas dinner, like for more people, um, you know, honestly, I go to the the grocery store, the nice grocery store in Chicago when I've had to do this last year, for example. The Jewel? The Jewels, no, (laughs) it's not the Jewels. But I go to Standard Market and get a – they do like like artisan – Heritage pork hams, like a Duroc ham, um, and you can uh, pick that up. Uh, it comes with a little glaze. You brush the glaze on for about the last hour and a half or so. Comes out wonderful. Ham tastes great. Pretty much warming it up. It's hardly any yeah. effort. Um, 
and you just make sides, make mac and cheese and all that yummy stuff. This year, I bypassed that uh, for the two of us, and I made beef bourguignon, Maddie Matheson's beef bourguignon, which was fucking un- incredible. Um, it's the best recipe I've ever followed. If you follow it literally exactly, it will work perfectly. Um, I really didn't have to do anything <laughs> to it to make it work or manifest it in a different way. You just have to trust it, and it works. It was ridiculous. Um, couldn't believe it. Uh, it was so rich. It was so rich, so full of flavor, so good. I loved it more than anything. Probably my favorite thing I've made in a while. Really? Now, what did you serve it with? I think we were talking about, I think you were going to go with mash. Is that what you ended up doing? I did. I went with the stiff mash, and I did it, again, the same way. I didn't make as much as he did. So I just I had to cut the butter about in half because I used about <laughs> half as many potatoes. Um, so I just I um, whipped in that much potato. I now I've always hated using potato mashers. I've never found one that doesn't cramp my cramp my hand up. Yep. Um, so get this, Kelly was like uh, had told me like last week that she was cooking something while I was gone and used a pastry cutter to mash chickpeas. Okay. I was like, oh, that's so interesting. All right. So, I, you know, you get like the biscuit cutter type thing, the pastry yeah. cutter. And I went in there with the pastry cutter and mashed the potatoes first before I put the butter in. Just sort of like got them all broken up. And it worked amazing. Then tossed the butter in and the whole thing just came together. It was it was flawless. Um, and it was nice and dense, fluffy, but stiff. Um, and soaked up the sauce for the bourguignon. Perfect. Most amazing part with it. And I knew this would happen, but I couldn't. I was like worried that it wouldn't happen the whole time. When you put the mushrooms in at the end, for the last half hour or so, forty or so of baking it yep. off, uh, all the water comes out of the mushrooms. Yep. And it essentially gives your sauce some like more volume, as it were, right? Yeah, more, sort of things like a mushroomy broth body. Yeah. Yep. And it's perfect. You're like, oh shit! I don't know if there's going to be enough sauce. Put the mushrooms in half hour later plenty more than enough <laughs> you're good uh it's fantastic yeah i had a i had a great time making that getting the big thick bacon chunks was clutch um a big like bacon um like essentially like well, one inch cubes pretty much of yep, bacon in a, in a piece so um, you cut them into lard on yep. yourself didn't you yeah i did yeah yep i got like a pretty fat like bacon steak they gave me and then cut it off into lard into now, can I make um, a suggestion with your mashed potato? I know it's an expensive investment for mashed potatoes that you don't have very often, but I'm a big fan of the potato ricer. Have you ever thought of going that way? Yeah, I like those things too. Yeah, no, I like those. Um, I just haven't um, pulled the trigger on it. You can use that for other stuff though too. Yeah, you I can. Believe. Um I just, I just haven't done it. Um, I, mean, I intended to buy a new mash because we left my old masher in Chicago. I got, I just ditched. It. I hated it. <laughs> the the air, the little holes were too small. Um, the potatoes would get wedged in there. And I was gonna get here and buy one of the ones that's like the um, curvy bot bottom, like just like the not prongs, but you know, like the the wavy little. Yep, the one bit of wire that's woven back and forth. Wire that's woven back and forth. Yes. Um, no, I just never did. So yeah, I'm not a huge fan <laughs> of the pastry them either. cutter and worked fine. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I just the the pastry cutter was awesome. So we're just yep. just rolling with that. You know, no problem. It was good. Um, 
Yeah, uh, it was a great dish. We, uh, Kelly and I ate our bit, and we uh, packed up the rest into the, uh, put it in a crock pot to keep it warm, and went over to Silver Stamp for the evening time around like five or six. This was rocking Christmas Christmas evening, um, and the, the owners were there. Andrew and Rose brought them some dinner. Uh, they loved it. It was very good. And they, we were opening a bunch of good sour beer and you're mixed with somebody's old shitty stout, not mine. Um, <laughs> old brewery stouts, uh, an old mocha Wednesday, which tasted awful. Tastes like chocolate covered green pepper, heinous, truly terrible. So we were taking half a sip or just smelling those and me just handing them back. I'm like, do not, I don't want this. <laughs> can't make me drink this so. <laughs> um otherwise it was great we were mixing in like and then and then the next one would be like rambu's ookst from gray like, oh perfect all right sounds like it's a and really hey oh bag. it's time i'm to switch to 10 year old bourbon county no okay i guess you know where do you so think the a, line is with bourbon county because i had a 2019 example i thought it was perhaps it's at its peak it's good yeah 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 Original will be fine for a while. It'll it'll maybe oxidize, but um, original will be fine. Coffee coffee's the one we got to look out. Oh yeah, um, coffee you got to look out. Um, I'd say some of the other adjunct ones, you know, see what you get. Yeah, but see, I, I the, really the original have... you get five years on at least. Yeah, well, what's that? 22. Yeah. Um, four, so four, four years. years. I think four, four through six would be its peak from what I tasted, at least how I had it stored. I really wouldn't want to push it further than that. I, I don't think there's any reason. I can't see you getting anything more out of it. All you'd get is drop off and oxidization. At that yeah, point, what's the point? Because right. it was, it had really, really mellow. It was still beautiful and still extremely rich, but just some of those edges had, had come off it in a really pleasant way so i was happy with that decision i also did a bee stick of cooking um for christmas um mm-hmm. <laughs> and and my contribution yeah. was a baked camembert with honey but i handmade the flatbreads so i used claire saffitz um formerly of bon appetit um she has a couple of recipe books out her pillowy flatbreads from dessert person are amazing they're a pan-fried flatbread, so I didn't do them in the oven. But they use mashed potato in them. Well, a mashed-up potato, not mashed potato, not with butter and cream and whatever else, just mashed potato mm-hmm. in it, um, which you don't taste, but it gives them a lovely, soft, pillowy feel. And they were killer. There's nothing better than a flatbread f- fresh, like a whether it be – I don't even know what style you would call these because they weren't – they were more like a pitta, but they were softer than a pitta, but they weren't Indian style. They lose you, Tony. Oh, there you no, are. I'm still here. But what I was saying is okay. fresh flatbreads are amazing, so much better than store-bought ones. They're one of the few oh, yeah. products I think you really have to make from hand if you're going to make them one of the stars of your dish. Yeah, I tend to agree with that. I mean, that's the same. It's, it's like the... Buying the bobbly pizza crusts or whatever from the store, you're really not going to get anything amazing out of that. Um, so if you're gonna if you're gonna make that type of thing, it's really gonna be. I mean, any even the sliced bread you buy at the store typically is shit. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you really need to like 
increase the the quality. Yeah, but um, by by making this stuff at home. But there is there is some breads and stuff you can buy from quality bakers. Yet there's no quality flat course, breads yeah. you can buy from from a baker, and that's that's really the difference. Unless you're going to a place that is making them fresh, and that's generally um, a restaurant um, that would make them fresh. Um, there's no sort yeah. of opportunity to buy them fresh and take them home because they really need to be eaten straight off the grill, nice and warm. And do agree, yeah, for sure. Um, that's good. Uh, I didn't even throw out there that I did win the I did win the ugly sweater contest, Tony. Nice. Um, what did you with go my with? Malort, my Malort sweater. Uh, yes, good I had call. a Jepson's Malort sweater uh, that I wore to the um, to the ugly sweater contest at Stamp. Collected myself a hundred dollar gift gift card there. Nice uh, work. That is excellent. Uh, if, Felt like a victory, um, and now I have to put the sweater away for at least a whole year. So it was yep. it was fun for the it was fun to wear it for a day. Now, um, was that a deliberate choice, thinking that you would go in and win the competition, or was it just your go to regular ugly sweater that you wear in Vegas to sh- share some hometown love? A little bit of both. I mean, I I um I thought I would have a chance with that sweater, uh, but um. I didn't necessarily expect to, to walk away with it. Uh, I because um, I don't really think it's that ugly. Uh, the drink itself, some people might think is ugly, but um, you know, it's a uh, it's not that hideous of a sweater either. No. Um, but uh, you know what? I, I pulled it off. Uh, I think some lady was pissed off that I won because it's not a super ugly sweater. And she had shown up with like a Seahawk sweater and a bunch of Christmas lights like thrown on herself. <laughs> that's not really that's not really doing the contest though. I don't think. No, you know? you're uh, trying to gin up something that wasn't quite there in the first place. It right. wasn't truly awful. It was just mediocre, and people saw through it. Effort shouldn't get you a win in a competition like that. Terrible fashion sense or a sense of irony or a sense of pride in your case should get you the win really. It shouldn't be that's about right. actually dressing up for the event. At least that's my view. I agree. I agree. Um, it was a good time, though. Um, now, and, what are you uh, going to spend uh, that voucher on? Just beers over the counter, or have you got your eye on a special bottle or a special event coming up? Oh, we'll see. Uh, maybe I'll just go. If I, if I have visitors, I might just go and get the tab. If, uh, you know, if I have a group that goes to... Staying up here in the you know next bit. Maybe if I have some out of town visitors, use it for that. Um, that's about it. It's I mean, the owners are our friends, so I really don't. I sort of don't love using it with them, anyways. I'm like, uh, here's some money. Um, <laughs> so that's fine. I'll have to use it here soon. Yeah, but wouldn't they rather give it to you than somebody else? Like they would, yes, because I've, I've, I'm there spending money yeah. pretty frequently. So. It, it's kind of like a, without saying that the contest was rigged, it's kind of like a loyalty program or a, a reward for being somebody that spends a lot of money. I'm sure they've made plenty of profit off you anyway. I think it, if they were willing to we're give doing you... Right the, off, of, off of all of us, yeah. Yeah. I think if they're willing to give you the voucher for your ugly sweater, it's your right to spend it. I wouldn't mistreat it and try and find the ultimate bargain on, on their tap list and then screw their staff out of a tip. But... Use it wisely and use it responsibly, and um, I would say enjoy it. 
I, you know what? You're right, Tony. Let's, uh, we're gonna, we're gonna max it out. Maybe I'll go buy. Uh, they got some sixty dollar Dre bottles on there. Maybe I'll, I'll go ham on it. That'd be fun. Um, all right, Tony. You know what? I don't know. Do we want to talk about any basketball? I was depressed by the Bulls losing to Houston, and I think they stink. Well, um, I, all I want to say, I and this is something we talked about pre-show, and I know you're getting upset at the Bulls because they lost to a team that they should have beaten in Houston. Mm-hmm. But this is when the NBA starts. As long as you're not under 400 at this point, Bulls are barely there. They're at 400 or 424. Um, you're in with a real shot um, at, at, at making at least the bottom of the play in now. Is that where you thought Chicago were at the start of the year? As a Chicago fan, I'm sure you're a little more excited than that. But I had you middle of the Eastern Conference to the lower portion anyway. So I don't think you're in that terrible a shape, especially considering you're missing Lonzo. If you can work your way into that playoff game, perhaps you'll do some damage. Maybe you'll get to a second round. That's all I ever Mm -hmm. saw for you anyway. Probably true. Yeah, probably right, but, you know... You'd at least like to be playing better because right now you're sort of looking like a team in in basketball hell, pretty much, um, with, with no great way out other than, I guess, sneaking into the playoffs and giving us some extra games. But well, what's your other maybe? Yeah, uh, maybe something good will happen. Are you in a position uh, where you Probably. can tank for Victor Wambanyama? Not really. No, they're, they're too good for that. That's a problem. Yeah, too good for tanking. Not good enough to do anything meaningful. So you're stuck. Yeah, trust me, I know what that's like. My AFL team has been like that for a few years, but it'd be yeah. we've gone through the the version of essentially, well, not hiring Phil Jackson back. It'd be like for you as a Bulls fan, forget the Phil Jackson era, if you'd never won anything during that time, and um, you rehired Tibbs um, after. I would, love, I would love to rehire Tibbs. Yeah, just, well, let, just for the funny factor. Well, that's what's happened to our team. Um, the coach that we've rehired for my football team, he um, left the club in controversial circumstances because he needed more money because of his property deals. Mm. Um, so he needed a bigger deal. And so we hated him from that point forward. He did a stint at another club, got them to a grand final as well. He got us to three grand finals. And he decided after our coach was fired at the end of last season, that he was, he would uh, consider doing the job. So um, mm. I've gone from hating the man to instantly falling back in love with him. Always respected him, always knew I would accept him if he came back. But I'm fully on board the Russell Iron trade, train. And much like Tibbs, he's a like football animal where he eats, sleeps and breathes the game. And he's abrasive to the media. So that's also a bonus. You gotta love that. Um, Tibbs' beard is really throwing me. I'm not loving that too much. <laughs> not a fan. Does not look great. No, doesn't look too good. Um, but it suits his his general demeanor of I don't care about anything uh, except basketball playing. So, well, I guess that's all right. Yeah, it's um, like Tony, um, Pop. He yes. um, he oh, is yeah, looking Pop's more and beard. more like a homeless that. person every day. Unlike Bill Belichick, where it seems very manicured that look. Like Pop just I seems can't to be Pop's falling still apart. Doing it, yeah. Pop needs to take it, take it easy. <laughs> he just got ejected today, so there you go. <laughs> Perfect. 
Well done. Um, all right, Tony, why don't we get into our Discord? We got a lot there this, this week. Oh, man, I normally organize. It's normally seamless, but hey, mm-hmm. took me five seconds to get there. All right, Tony, here's some news uh, from Australia Way. Um, man accused of riding modified e-scooter at 100 kilometers per hour while high on methamphetamine. Oh, all right. Now that 60 um, mile an hour to so, you um, non-freedom yeah. unit loving folks, because I think kilometers mm-hmm. are freedom units. I know you think miles are freedom units, but they're not really. They're the, they're the what are these? Word. Are these one of those little, yeah, these are one of them little scooters that uh, I've never ridden. Um, people do have them around here, which I think is insane. Now, Just ride them down Boulder Highway. Don't do that. Do you have the uh, higher versions where you can leave them by the side of the road and then somebody will come around? No, we, we don't have those in Vegas, but oh. I've seen them. I mean, they're in Chicago. They're in Austin, Nashville, all those places. They're like... Bird and lift and yeah, lime scooters and all that shit. Yeah, no, those are terrifying. So this guy was going sixty uh, on Canberra Road, um, the main drag uh, at eight forty a.m. He was thirty-eight years old. Of okay. course, he was about our, about our age, Tony. Yep. Um, officers directed the thirty-eight-year-old rider to leave the road. He entered a nearby bike path. Shortly afterwards, they said he lost control of the scooter and fell off for allegedly <laughs> attempting to flee on foot and tested positive for methamphetamine during a roadside breath test. <laughs> All right, so he had so he had essentially, um, what like soup this thing up? Yeah, yep. He found a way to make the engine go faster because most of those electric scooters to get the range. I just govern. There's plenty of torque within the motor. And so if you have an understanding of electronics, which I don't, I'm sure you could get mm-hmm. around it, deploy a lot more power in a fairly um, fairly small package like a scooter. And But that sounds scary, that's for sure. Now, this reminds me, Did don't know whether this happened after we recorded last week or I spoke about it on the show, but it, did I tell you about my run-in with a meth head? Let's hear about it. Yeah, I, uh, I haven't heard. No, you haven't given us these details. Oh, okay, this is this is what I should have led with. Was he on a scooter? He was not on a scooter. I mm. had just ducked back to the car, and I was I was catching up with the family, and I was walking past one of the banks in Sale um, through a pedestrian plaza kind of thing, mm. and uh, I could hear him yelling at a guy on like a mobility scooter, not a not a souped okay. up 100 mile an hour scooter. And he was yelling and had his shirt off and was chewing on his jaw. So I kept a wide berth. And all of a sudden, I saw a police car with its lights on come across in front of me. And I thought, oh, I know where this is heading. And they duck round behind me. And all of a sudden, I'm about, I don't know, 15 feet from the guy, probably the closest person to him at this point. And all of a sudden, I hear, Get on the ground, Josh. Get on the ground, Josh. And before this guy <laughs> has a chance to do anything other than to take three steps and turn, slammed into the ground, and you should oh, have no. heard the sound that it Ooh. made from the cops. And uh, he had blood p- pissing out of his cheeks. And oh. yeah. 
But to, to cap it off, I caught up with some friends of mine at uh, Mafco on Christmas Eve and uh, I was sitting there and they said, because I, I, they, much like you, I have a nickname, and they said, Moz, so I saw that you had some action uh, the other day. And I said, yeah, I did. How did you know about that? I hadn't caught up with you to tell you about it. Oh, my brother, he, who is a cop, he was watching the CCTV at the time and he saw you oh. and he said, there's Moss. <laughs> so, hilarious. Yeah. Oh, my God. Perfect. Um, yeah, the last meth head I ran up against was trying to sit at the um, Buffalo slot machine at the Wahoos um, where Kelly was sitting, not even playing Buffalo because it had <laughs> video poker on it too. He's like, that's my machine. I got to sit at the Buffalo. I'm like, oh, boy. Look out. It's probably just um, got good line of sight for his meth dealer or his customers. Something like that. Yeah, I mean, it was, that was something else. Um, all right. Well, there you go. It's your meth head update from Australia. Yep. Um, uh, Nick Torque posted he's got a uh, new brewery opening by his place here. Looks like a second tap house in Melbourne um, for Dayton. Now, we've talked about Day- Dayton. 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 I never know um, how to say it. I think it's Dayton, right? Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, this was, I wonder what this was. Uh, if you make your way around Lacey Street, Street in Croydon, you'll, find, you'll notice something has changed. The building at number 13 remains the same, and you can still drop inside for a beer and a feed. I love the way that's said. But the signage for the public brewery has gone replaced by the new owner's Dayton beer. So I don't know what the public brewery was, but uh, it looks like they're going to be taking over this place. Uh, when's this going to open? Uh, oh, maybe it's already open. I don't know. Yeah, um, looks like it. There you go. So that's exciting for you guys, or for Nick anyways, because he says it's about an hour, or about a, it's within an Uber ride of his house. So. Yeah, Croydon is probably... Um, a reasonable difference from his place. It's probably still a $30 Uber, but considering where yeah. Nick lives, this is not um, not an extreme cost like the city is for him. I think that's a $120 ride, so. Oh, sure. Yeah, because you had tested that out, I believe. Well, he had, he had tested that out, recently. yes. Yeah. yeah, he had a nice time with that, I'm sure. Um, so that's interesting. Uh, how about we jump over to beer chat? We got a lot of beer chat this week. We People drinking do. for the holidays. Um, yeah, one of them being Nick. Uh, he had he had some time off here. This was some Allagash he is drinking here. Um, we got a barrel aged amber ale called World on a String. Uh, so it looks like it's modeled after an old fashioned. And uh, it's funny because I drank a beer beer based on a cocktail from them this week too, which was called At Day's End and was modeled after the Boulevardier. Um, so it had some kind of some a, a more bitter profile, which, which I really liked. Uh, this one, strong bitter orange, barrel-aged amber ale with uh, woody bourbon flavors and, and the orange. So sounds good. Maybe a little bit um, about two years old, so I'm sure some of the adjunct fell off, but. Um, sounds pretty tasty. Allagash, pretty reliably good. They are strong and reliable, but you always have to worry with adjuncts. That's that's always my my concern when I see something with adjuncts in Australia, whether it's a local beer or not. I think they drop off a lot of times quicker than hops do. 
Uh, let, me, let me try to remember what the name of the what the stuff is when was in the Allagash I had the other day. Um, what did you think of it? The beer that you it had was delicious. I mean, it was it was well made. Um, it's just a matter of me remembering what it was <laughs> I had, which is you know Im, an imperfect skill. Oh, yes, trust me, I know about that. Um. Let's see here. It was, oh my god, dude! Untapped is like the slowest fucking. Act. I know it's a nightmare Bro. at the moment. Um, Thank God right. we have a long uh, intro for the uh, beers of the week segment, so it gives us time to look it up. Uh, what the fuck was the name of this beer? <laughs> um, Allagash, Allagash. You can't have yeah. checked in that many Allagash I don't remember. Bees. No. I don't even think I checked this in, so. Oh. Uh, Hence the issues. This beer Chip. is called Day's End. Called Day's End, Tony, not World's End. Day's End. Uh, yes. Uh, this beer had uh, Lambrusco, Grape Must, Angelica Root, and Orange Peel, and Asian Bourbon Barrels for two months. It was delicious. It was very nice. Um, Miller red wine, oak, and caramel. Nice beer. Uh, So I liked it. It tasted great. It was reliably good Allagash beer. So in that same family of things that that, that Nick had. Uh, He also got uh, a spritz this from the brewery. Uh, They did this with Firestone Walker. Sparkling oak barrel blonde ale with... Sparkling oak barrel blonde ale with Syrah grapes. So fizzy, I almost post posted it in Seltzy Central. <laughs> um, perfect summer drink, tart and refreshing without being too sour. It looks nice. Um, yep. Uh, and also from Australia, your friend PMAC was visiting the Hound and Stag. Um, this is a brewery on the Gold Coast. How about that? Um, uh Looks like some fun stuff. This place looks beautiful. Uh, yep. Um, you got the <laughs> you got the kid with the man you jersey on in here. That's great. Um, uh, looks like you know. Let's peep this menu here. Here. Uh, oh, it's so small, Tony. Uh, we got a cream IPA. Uh, we got a England. Yep. We get an American pile. A American Pale Berliner, two Berliners, two Berliners a sessionable ale, a Hef, um, and then we've got some local breweries on, um, which I haven't really heard of I any think. of those. Oh, um, I'm probably going Pale Ale, Tony. I think I'm just, uh, although the Oat Cream IPA, I guess I'd have to try it. That's like in the other half style so maybe that's where they go i'm a sucker for during the australian summer going for the oak creams i know they're they're dense boys but the australian ones tends they tend to be really drinkable um six and a half percent not not too heavy could sit on one of one or two of those before i need to go to something else see berliner vice is not something that you see around these days you see a lot of other styles i would be interested to try Either of the two billionaires as well, but but maybe that's just me and my love of that particular mm. style. 
Tony, the they got the food menu here, and I'm actually okay. So you got this fancy peanut butter and jelly sandwich. We got to talk about this. Uh, this is the Hound and Sag signature sandwich. It's beef short rib braised for 12 hours in Black Forest Stout beer, served down house bread with melted Fontina cheese, pickled cucumber, peanut satay, and chili jam. Yep, that sounds good, huh? It does sound good, but call me a sucker. I would go for the next item down. They're going for the Cuban. You and you and PMAC alike uh, with the mojo slow cooked pork on a fresh Cuban roll, ham off the bone. Swiss cheese, pickles, uh, bayoli, bayoli, and yellow mustard. I don't know what that is. Uh, Tony, I think I'd go for the bottom one, the fried chicken burger, Korean-style fried chicken um, with a spicy Korean-inspired gojujang sauce on a milk bun with pickles, lettuce, and lettuce um, and fries. That sounds... Nice to me. Also, the Lamington and Biscoff trifle sounds good. Oh, too, so. that sounds like a, a banger for sure. I love um, the trifle. Nice looking too. bar here. I love the yeah. green wall with the stag's head on there. Um, sandwich looks good. Important to take the picture of the urinals. Thank you for that, <laughs> uh, PMAC. We appreciate that. Because remember, um, I got scolded a, for that the other day. I'll have to take a picture of the pisser at Silver Stamp sometime. Um Oh, we have to split beer chat into separate channels for breweries and beers. Maybe I do, yeah. <laughs> Good idea. Um, Nick was drinking again. He's at the Christmas Eve street party. Oh. Um, Dark Harvest Black IPA. Oh, my God, Tony, we found someone drinking Black IPA. Amazing. Welcome um, to 2009? Nine. Yeah, I'd say about 2009, 2010. Um. This is a new one for PMAC 2. We uh, the Matt Maddock Brewery in the Gold Coast. Okay, here's another menu, Tony. The speci- specialty Belge. This is like a table beer, it looks like. 4.4%. Yep. Belgo American Pale. We got a Munich Dunkel that they did with Common Ground. American Pale with Citra, Mosaic, and Sequoia hops. A Belgian waffle ale. Um it's a waffled-up Belgian-style blonde. Uh, does it have waffle in it? Can't tell. And uh, a triple lambic, a lambic-infused triple. Uh-huh. Uh, oh, they, they mixed their triple and Detroit's lambic. Interesting. Right. Interesting. Uh, I'm going I'm going with that Munich Dunkel or the uh, actually yep. the pale sounds pretty good. I was going to go with the Munich um, Dunkel as well. Yeah, looks like another nice brewery, PMAC. Well done. Nope, you didn't. Didn't you know what? Don't, did not see the pisser in here though. So kind of minus one. Maybe you didn't go. Um, now there was a whole other page know. of beers on tap there. Oh, there is there. Oh shit. Okay, what we got here? Okay, we got session ale. A, okay, a three and a half percent session ale, a four point four percent Belgian style lager. Okay, um, wit beer, framboose, a uh, fruited wit beer, um, Belgian pale, a white IPA with um, lot. Uh, okay, so this is this is kind of a two thousand eleven style too, <laughs> and then a strong golden ale, eight point five percent. A Belgian golden ale type thing, I think. So, 
Yep. Um, See, okay, I, if I'm ordering a, off that list, I think I'd go with the raspberry. That sounds good. Yeah, I was going to go with the raspberry, but I'm also a sucker for a strong gold nail. I think they're one of the easier Belgian styles to pull off. And sure. the ones that I've had in Australia have been bangers, really. So I'd probably actually go for the noble, the strong gold nail. My glasses look clean. The beers pour nice. Uh, the the can design looks sharp. Um, these guys look pretty good. Nice job, PMAC. Um, Nick, back out on the street. Man on the street, this time drinking the Ladder to Heaven double IPA from Mountain Culture. Seems like you're preeminent makers of hazy IPA they are. in Australia. Um, he's drinking, oh, the classic, some fucking hell. Uh, some Hellas Lager, I presume, right, Tony? From from these guys with the yeah. angel and devil on there. Um, and man, Nick must have loaded up at that Carwin Sellers place. He was uh, <laughs> some evil twin, New York. You're not a real New Yorker until you proclaim your love for upstate New York fall foliage. Remember when we did the contest? It was like uh, an essay or an evil twin beer. That was pretty good. Yep, <laughs> didn't like that. That was impossible um, to tell. What was the name? Buffet of here looks pretty good. Nick Nick Torque. He's got some kind of. Is that shrimp? Those look like prawns and dip, right? Tony, yeah, right there, yeah. right behind some, the beer. Some he got sauce. some de- oh, deviled eggs. I didn't know you guys ate deviled eggs. Well, he's English. And You've got to remember Nick's English. So that's probably some like home love. All right, and then you got some sangers. Some sand sand sandos back there. Sangers. Sangers. All right. What's on those? Fuck if I can tell. Your eyesight's better than mine if you can pick up what's on those. Maybe some Um, tuna. Some more American beer being drank by Nick. He had some Finback. Um, Oh, Finback and First Viasic, which were both breweries. I think they are at the uh, Mickler celebration last year. Um, That that beer looks lovely. Finback IPAs are very nice. And... um, some Parish. This is the Vermillionaire from Parish. So he's going full on with the hazies. Uh, what a day for Nick. He, he he must have stocked up on some serious hazies. Well done. Um, here's here's some good one, Tony. This is a good one. Max Allotment here uh, out there in New Jersey. He's got the Captain Lawrence Snyder beer. So Tony, are you familiar with Snyder's pretzels? Yes, I didn't realise it was a tie-up with Snyder's pretzels, but uh, yeah, there you go. Hence the pretzel the, um, emoji. One of the worst things I feel like you can eat is um, the Snyder's pretzel pr- crumbs, whatever they're fucking called, like the pieces and bits or something like that. I don't know, but they're covered in like seasoning. Yeah, they're, so they they're like they're very really they're doused in. Doused in butter, and then doused in the seasoning stuff. So the best ones are the honey mustard ones. Yep. They taste amazing, and they will kill you. There is nothing <laughs> about these of any of any nutritional value. But they made a beer with, with Snyder's of, of Hanover. Um, so this is a fruited sour pretzel mashup beer. Uh, the pretzels give some body to a light and spritzy sour. It's got a taste of passion fruit. And guava with a light salinity in the aftertaste. Now, what's is this like a kvass style? Thing? Let's look this up. Um, I'm not sure what to Snyder beer. 
Sounds just like Schneider, a fruited pretzel. sour. They have so many. This is pretzel fruit. It's um, goza brewed with passion fruit, guava, and Snyder mini pretzels. All right. I guess. Uh, they also made a Mertzen with them. Um, so they threw in some, some, they made a Mertzen and threw in some pretzels in there too. So, yep. It's fun. Okay. I would have tried that. Now, um, and now Nick goes in, starts attacking my area here yeah. on Christmas Day. I was about to uh, say, Nick's took coming to after my home here. Another level right here. Um, where he, uh, Opened up some Freem Ode Bruin, uh, and uh, it looks amazing. I'm sure it's amazing. I've probably had it. I don't. I can't recall exactly, but um, can you I, look at that the up exact on same Uncapped? time? Uh, I mean, I'm not. I'm not keeping up as <laughs> much as I did in the old days. But let's find out. Yeah, because like I have I not know. had the Ode Bruin. I had the Creek, but not the Bruin. Okay. At least I haven't checked it in. Yep, that's probably Foudre a barrel aged Ode Bruin. Um, it's it's. I'm sure it's delightful. All their sour stuff is good, um, but at the same time, it was funny because I was drinking free IPA at the Silver Stamp at the same exact time. <laughs> uh, Nick coughed up thirty five bucks a bottle. I should have taken a picture because I saw this beer on the shelf at Corey's the other day, and uh, I think it was <laughs> I think it was like eleven dollars. So with tax, it's, that's it's about tough. Right. I get it. Yeah. Um, and then he was open some Rodenbach, 2019 Rodenbach. This is the, yeah, the vintage. All right. Very cool. So. Yeah. The vintage is harder to come by in Australia. So, yeah, that was probably really delicious. And then he finished it off with a UK beer. Yeah, some Verdant Left-Handed Giant and Daya collab. Little summer beer bash. Cool looking can here. That sounds delicious. Nick going big on the hazies this week. That was, that was a big week of hazy out there. Um, As I said. You know, I did have a hazy this week. I didn't take a picture of it, but I had a hazy from um, from Weldworks the other day. Um, and I don't know if I have the, I don't know if I have the, the, the mental capacity to handle hazies. I was, I was kind of like feeling it. <laughs> um, it was called Best Citra, I think. Yeah, the best Citra, Weldworks and Hot Butcher. We got it here at Corey's. Uh, it was Citra, Citra, Cryo Citra, Citra Incognito, and Citra Spectrum. I don't know what any of that means. But um, it was highly tasty. Um, so, I mean, maybe I'll get back into the hazy game a little bit. Last hazies I really drank a lot of were the burial ones. Let's have to see. Yeah, you're kind of spoilt there if you're drinking burial hazies. Let's be honest. Some of the world's best. Yeah, they're, they're very good. They they're are. Very good. All right, Tony. We got some, uh, after our request last week, we did get some um, some end of the year uh, sure did. rundowns here. So why don't we talk about these? We didn't talk about Corey's yet. So why don't we why don't we go over Corey's yep. um, end of the year un, untapped rundown? Um, his top beer in 2022, uh, which I think that means the highest rated yes. you had was Night Visions Vanilla Latte by Melvin Brewing. Um, now Melvin Brewing, I did learn, did just get purchased by uh, another brewery in, in wherever they are, Wyoming, I think. Um, 
So uh, Melvin actually has a little bit of a following out in the West here, so that's kind of interesting. His other top-rated beers, uh, he had um, Oak Schlafly Pumpkin, Abraxas, oh, yummy, uh, BA Liquid Spiritual Delight, great beer, um, second shift uh, stuff here, and some Merci Blend 5. His worst one, Tony, was Bud Light Next. That's probably the most important thing to talk about. He gave it a quarter of a star for Bud Light Next, which is already done. I learned from a, a friend who's a packager over at Anheuser-Busch <laughs> that the end, the end has already come for Bud Light Next. Even the after the big Super Bowl, the Super Bowl launch, they've already dumped it. It's over. So, rip the Bud Light Next. Never quite understood what it even was, honestly. So, um it's the new coke like for Bud Light. Out. It's a product nobody um, wanted, just rejigging the recipe for marketing's sake. Oh, we did learn from Nick, by the way, that the uh, the, the the glove humping incident was called glove cock. <laughs> yes, I did you, say Nick, that. Uh, Max Max got in here and posted his uh, his. He had five hundred fifteen check ins last year. That's pretty good. <laughs> Holy shit balls! Didn't, that's good. Did most of his checking in on Fridays. Uh, that's interesting. Okay. Uh, he had 102 beer styles he checked in. Top style was IPA, uh, double IPA, sorry. And his top beer was La Fin du Monde. That's interesting. Um, now he, he checks in more, more to, um, to a T. So his favorites were the Troon, a Troon beer here. Those are very popular right now and very expensive. Uh, oh, some Burial Gang of Blades, great beer. Some King Julius. Oh, Atro Rubicite from Jester King, 2022 Parabola. Cannot argue with that list. A Really a flawless list of awesome beers for Nick. He drank from 139 breweries. <laughs> That's funny. His top brewery was Carton. Um, this is all you can... I, I no, feel like if you, if you... Quizzed me about Max. Sorry, it's Max. If you'd quizzed me about Max's year, this, Cotton, this Cotton, is it. Cotton, Cotton, uh, and Sneak a Burial or two in there. The Atrial Rubicite is probably the most surprising. I didn't see his Atrial Rubicite check-in. Um, so my year, uh, my total check-ins was only 315. Uh, that understates the amount of beers I drank, I'm sure. Yep. Um. But I drank 77 different styles. Which is three um, up from last year. Three up from last year. Uh, and my top style, oh, it's Imperial and Double Stout. Oh, I, you know, it's that's because I check in most of my beers at either Beer Fest or, or like, uh, bottle shares. Um, what do I have on my list? They're all fives, so there's a million beers I probably checked in as fives. There's really no chance I'm going to get any of this. But 2x4 Benthic, I would say, is the best one on this list. Brew 3K, that's pretty good from Fremont. Oh, the Barrel-Aged Happy Almonds, I had that at Mickler. It was fire from Moxa. Um, BCBS Blanton's, it was tasty. Can't argue with that. Um, had 159 different breweries. That's pretty good, huh? Um, that is really good. Checked into, now did I do that? Now Nick had, or sorry, Max had 139, so I had 159. So we're we're in the ballpark together. Um, 
Half Acre is my top one. Rev was my next one. Burgeon was there, and Bottle Logic makes sense. Uh, most check-ins goes to the Silver Stamp, probably just edging out the Mickler Beer Celebration, which was one day. Um, so that tells you that I'm not checking in enough beers at Corey's, where I only checked in 23. That's a place I go pretty much once or twice a week, every week. Um, and uh, I got some very stupid badges, including the Jay Wakefield Level 6 badge, the Corey's <laughs> Level 31 badge, and the Tavor Level 38 badge. I'm very proud of uh, such amazing, such amazing badges that I was able to pick up. So, Tony, you'll have to put yours up here. I will. Uh, I, I'll you, quickly go through days, them. Right? I haven't posted them. I'm not going to screenshot them as we're talking. That can only lead to disaster. But 135 check-ins for me. Um, probably missed maybe 20, 25 beers. Um, don't have the sheer availability of variety that you have. Um, but that was up from last year. My average rating, of course, sky high, 4.27. Uh, my most go. checked in day was Friday, followed by Tuesday and Wednesday. There you go. I'm a, I'm a midweek drinker. Um, my first check-in was from Mr. Banks' foam. I tried 60 styles, nine up from last mm. year. So that's not bad considering I'm in Australia, don't get a lot of choice for style you're gonna have as much variety yeah did you want to take a guess at my top style knowing what i've consumed the top style i would say ooh, saison something like that no no lager it's lager no come on what have i checked ipa yes ipa stout new england ipa slash okay all right it's the second most popular style on Untapped, according to them. Mm. My top beer was Jeffrey by Mountain Culture. I spoke about that beer. That beer was a banger. Uh, it was checked in by 2,000 people. Other beers were uh, two more Mountain Cultures, uh, Be Kind Rewind and Bicycle Day. I had Bicycle Day on Boxing Day. Still a banging beer. Um, and my list was... Four out of the five were uh, Mountain Culture beers. Um, so that shows you the quality of the year they had for me. Yeah. So. Uh, oh, we might have a, may have a drippy hint right there, huh? That's absolutely. Crazy. Uh, uh, all right. Um, didn't check in anything that was particularly terrible. Um, White Kronos by um, Helenos Brewing Co. was probably my worst at a 2.75 that was a pretty terrible beer um i drank right. f- from 50 different breweries four down from last year um mm. uh, the most checked in breweries for me surprisingly wasn't mountain culture they were my second most checked in beer it was bacchus brewing co then mountain culture dayton's deeds and goodlands so a local um bringing up um a place right. there. Um, Next year it's going to be Math Mathco. We know yeah. it's going to be Mathco. It is going to be Mathco as as far as where I'm checking in beers anyway. So right. yeah. didn't visit a lot of locations, but I was up from last year. And did you want to guess who my top buddy was from this year? Uh, I bet it was. I bet it was Nick. Right? It was actually you. It was me. Yes. Hey, we're checking in a lot together. Are you tagging me. All right. Yeah. Sweet. Perfect. Um, Ba- badges uh, hey, we're wise, always out here drinking. Badges wise, got to get into um, 
top five badges of the year, uh, verified adventurer down under for the can to go, please, and 99 bottles. Um, and untapped at home, I'm a level 67. Love a mm. one-man party. Yep. Hey, that was us for a long time now, you know. Uh, hanging out at home, drinking, checking in fancy beers that we got shipped. And yep. It's still happening a little bit. Uh, it's it's still here. So, Tony, that's a great wrap-up for the year. Why don't we um, why don't we talk about uh, real quick before we we run into um, the 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 normal segments here? We we should probably talk about the drippies that are going to come up. What do we think next week, Tony? Yeah, next week the drippies will come up. Next week. So why don't we talk about what awards we're going to announce? I see that you've been doing um, a chat with Chat GPT, as yep. we all have. Um, I have also been doing that. I think we got to do some standard categories, yep. um, and maybe we could pick out a couple of of, of fun ones. Um, it is amazing that uh, I post. So I posted the ones that I got from ChatGPT, which were pretty straightforward: best IPA, best lager, best stout, um, best Belgian style ale, best saison, best porter, but best is sour beer, best <laughs> NA beer, best brew pub, best brewery. Um, so I think we should do some of those, Tony. I'm going to yep. paste these into our doc here that you made. I think we should do best IPA, best lager, and best stout. Yep. Those are I, three styles we talk about quite a bit. And I like best experimental beer slash catch-all. I like that as a category two. That came up on my chat GPT um, okay. chat that I had with with the bot. So I like that. Uh, you said best experimental? Yeah. Experimental beer. Um, we'll do, uh, we'll do best, best pub. How about that? Best, best place, best brew pub. I mean, I don't want to, they don't have to brew. Can I just best bar best? Can I go with, like we'll, we'll mash chat GP's idea with your idea. It's got specifically brewery in the name, but we can get rid of brewery if we need to, because, hey, we control the awards much like uh, best supporting actor. We can change the rules if need be, but breast Best Brewery Ambience is the category that ChatGP came up with. Um, so best okay. ambience for a venue, potentially. Yeah, so best best brewery to drink in, something like yeah. that. Um, but I think we should also have one, because, like, some places aren't breweries, you know? Yeah. So best beer bar, um, just, I think we should yeah. have... Best and ambience, then, um, and just get rid of the brewery or, or, or restaurant or cafe, just best ambience for beer location. Sure. I mean, you know, it's going to want to cover things like your have your good tap list and everything yeah. too. But anyways, uh, let's go with, um, oh, they did say best beer menu, but I don't know. Maybe we can put that one in there, sure. Um, yeah, let's stick with ambience. That's fine. Yeah, it is fine. And combine all the other things. Uh, why don't we do? Um, what about best brewery merchandise? That includes glassware. Just a thought. Uh, that I got from Chat GPT. Best beer to drink while pretending to know what 
doing. You think that's a good one, Tony? I do. Uh, best beer for doing a chug challenge. Best beer for pairing with pizza. Uh, most most drunk uncle approved beer. <laughs> uh, most expertly crafted beer. Best beer for a house party. Um, we're going to have to do best seltzer, I think. Oh, without a doubt. Uh, best seltzer we'll have in there. Um, uh, do you want to? And then, Tony, you've got a few here too that I like. How about best time traveling ale? <laughs> yes. Uh, no, I like the last one in that group. Best shape shifting stout. Uh, I think our best stout award is just going to be called the best shape shifting stout. <laughs> I think that's just what it's going to be called best shape shifting stout. Um, ambient best merch. Um, how about best uh, beer with food? Yep. And we'll do. Um, you got any? Uh, uh, why don't we do best? What we do like a lifetime achievement award <laughs> for sure. Uh, and we'll do best brewery of the year. Or classic. The the most the most coveted of the drippies. Yep. So how about that? That's what's that? That's ten. Yep. Um, all right, so we're going to throw them up here. Uh, that, I think that's plenty. Any other, any of these other ones you really wanted to have, Tony? Well, what about, um, how about announcing an award um, right now? Are you up for that? What? Which award? The best beer and food blog or Instagram account. Best beer and food blog or Instagram account? Yes. We already have a speech written for us. You can go to oh. the doc I provided. I think we should have to. I think no. I think we save the the speech for next week. Okay. The speech will, the speech will be coming out next week. Yes. Um. So we did. ChatGPT did write a speech. Um. So we will. Uh. We will be using it next week. And um. I have a plan for how I want to use this. Okay. Speech. Fair enough. So. Uh. It should be thoroughly. Uh, annoying and uh, drive everybody insane. So I can't, I can't wait to do it. Love um, the only other one I would say is we got to throw in a worst, worst, worst beer, worst something, yep. um, worst or most unpleasant beer or and worst drinking experience. experience. Yeah. How about that? Like that. Because I know. The two of those. Because I know Nick had a big turnaround from his Worse became his best kind of thing with his his time at Boat Rocker. We'll we'll call those two the pissies. Those will be the yep. pissies. The pissies, which are kind of like yeah. the razzies. Um, and we've got to do the can the cancelled award. Somebody must have been cancelled oh, yeah. this year, whether it's a most, brewery most or cancelled of the year. Yeah, most cancelled brewery or brewer or. Beer personality. Yeah, we'll do that too. Perfect. Most cancelled. Good. All right. Oh, so those will be our um, categories. We haven't had a um, lifetime achievement award for shithead yet, have we? Okay. Which I would call a musky. Um. Lifetime. Uh, lifetime shithead award. Perfect. Okay. Um, great. So it's going to be a big week next week. So 
gonna have this is gonna take this is gonna take up our full you know hundred years long of a show to do. So <laughs> can't wait. I will post those. Um, hell, I'll post them now. Wait a Perfect. Go. Um, and and we will move on from there. So Tony, why don't we jump in uh, finally after all this no. time to our logger no. no. logger of the week? No, huh? no, no. we can't. Because we missed a portion of our Discord chat. It's it's got the word central. Shit, what in we do. Celsi central. Oh, Celsi central. Did we miss some Celsi? Yes, we missed some Celsi. Oh my god. Okay, so we Nick, got talk Nick Torque strong zero from Japan. Uh, it is a. Okay, so he got the imported version, which is nine percent. And Australia got the six percent. So this is double grapefruit flavor, very strong seltzer. Okay, that sounds pretty good. I'll be um, oh, he's seeing spam. Um, P Max seeing spam ads for the nine percent version, so that's what he wants. But um, <laughs> he's been crushing the Suntory one ninety six double lemons, which is six percent. So have you um, had that yet? Because it's delicious. No, I don't think we even have that. I get some this afternoon. That sounds like they go on a on a warm summer's afternoon. Not sure whether they go the grapefruit or the lemon. They're both delicious in in many ways. So, uh, um, now it's time to to move on. I know there was just a post to Drew Bees, but okay. we just discussed that. Griff's Logger of the week. Griff's. All right, Tony, what is my logger of the week? Um, I I would say it is uh, the one I had yesterday from Corey's. It's called, uh, it's from Humble C, and it is called, uh, what was that beer called, Tony? Why can't I I remember? I can see. It was called Humble C Hellas. That's why it didn't have an interesting name. Just called Hellas. Um, Humble Sea is from Santa Cruz. Uh, Tony, this is a Munich Hellas uh, double decocted, naturally carbonated, and horizontally lagered German lager beer with Hellertau middle through hops. Um, I could never say that last part of Hellertau, the, the German variety. It's very yummy. Tony, what do you think the rating on this one is, huh? Ooh, 3.79. 3.99, very highly rated wow. IPA, or IPA vlogger. Um, top shit, really, really good. Um, very enjoyable, very yep. enjoyable um, West Coast. Not even a West Coast style, but a West Coast made lager. How about you, Tony? Any lagers this week? Uh, yeah, I had um, Sailor's Grave. Um, I think they just call it lager. Um, mm-hmm. Pretty delicious. Bog standard Australian clock. Craft lager. It was just a, a nice change up on a hot day. Good way to start off your day after walking to the brewery. So that that was my lager of the week. Not bad. Yep. Now let's get into our other one, the beer of the week. And we're there. We don't need to go through the whole thing today because mine was the 2019 Bourbon County Stout from the mm. shell of a brewery that is Goose Island. Um, <laughs> it, it, well, outside of Bourbon County, 
like really we spoke nothing. about it. There's nothing there. There's yeah. no personality. But it itself is it's a fine beer. Would I pay the price as I did back in the day? No, I would rather pay that money at Calvin Sellers for other things. But that 2019 example was a killer. I also had a 2021 would well, 2020 barley wine from Hawkers mm. um, that was also pretty killer. Nice butterscotch note. But um, just perhaps because I started the day off in the spa with, with Bourbon County, that gets the nod. How about you, Griff? Not bad. I'm going to go with a couple of more farmy beers here, Tony. So we started getting some uh, Thierry uh, on the shelves here, if you're familiar with them. Nope. Sort of a French. Uh, I think they were an inspiration for Jester King okay. uh, and maybe even help them on one of their first brews. Um, they have sort of a, a, a you know, long history of making Cezanne uh, and farmhouse beer. They're from France. Uh, and, uh, oh, this one was a collab, Tony, with Wildflower. Um, you know them. Um, Wildflower Brewing in Merrickville, New South Wales. The uh, most famous... Thing to come Cheerio. out of Merrickville, of course, was a lyric from a Whitlam song or Jeff Fennick. So there you go. Well, this, this thing is great. It's called Etoile de Sioux, um, which means what? Star of the Sea or something like that? I don't know. Um, I don't know. What the fuck? I don't know about French. Um, this was fantastic. Very funky, very farmy. Um, uh, uh, Extremely, extremely good. Um, really, not not much you can say besides it was a nails-on French saison. Uh, a little spritzy, a little farmy. Mm, the lightest bit of lemon peel taste to it, um, but but truly wonderful. The other one I'll throw out that I loved in that area is, was the Carolina Custard from Fontaflora. Oh. This was not, not custardy at all, so much say. as it was a... Appalachian Wild Ale made with pawpaw fruit, um, which is sort of a citrusy melon yeah, thing. Yep. Um, we, we get a lot of pawpaw in Australia. So. Uh, okay. Makes sense. Yep. Um, yeah, that was killer too. So two, two top, top-notch uh, farmy wild ales there. So very, very good. All right, Tony. I think we should do some hyper beer nerd dork shit news. Let's see if... Oh, gee, I'm, I'm doing well. Hyper Alright. I mean, how long ago is this from? Is this recent? I don't know, but... Uh, I, oh, I, it's from last... It's from a couple of years ago, but it's still funny. Yeah, it is. Um, this is from Vine Pear. A pastor took out an ad to Shane Craft Beer, and a local bar used it to become the best beer bar in Texas. I read through this one. So... This feller from uh, Texas, Pastor Todd Barker, great name, got a prominent newspaper ad in October 2016 that began with the words, craft beer is the devil's craft. Uh, he is a, So this feller is a teetotaler. Yep. Encountering the evils of alcohol is a centerpiece of his ministry. So um, essentially they took his uh, and the brewery that he was targeting, which was called the Imperial Tap Room, um, took his printed ad as a coupon valued at a dollar, <laughs> and uh, the, it really kind of backfired on this guy. So, 
yeah. did not work. Uh, you can see the ad here. The craft beer is the devil's craft. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, uh, is a roar as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Um, Jesus never drank booze. He drank the fruit of the vine, grape juice. Uh, you know, could be argued. The disciples never drank booze. They drank new wine, grape juice. I mean, their sugar would have been through the roof, Tony, if they yes. were just drinking trade of grape juice. They would have been diabetic. Um, yeah. John the Baptist was uh, never drinking booze and was he, uh, great in the sight of the... I'm sure he was. They wrote a book about him. Um, now, now here's some guys I liked. Lot <laughs> was drinking booze. All right. Lot was... Okay, well, maybe the incest part of Lot we didn't like so much, but... He was drinking booze in Genesis. Yeah, I wonder what he was having. That was so long ago. But th that's what um, I really wanted to point out. Like some of these are from obscure Gospels. Okay, some mm -hmm. of them are well-known, Matthew and, and Isaiah. But like when you're getting into Joel 3.3 three of <laughs> Joel, you're really scraping the bottom of the barrel. You're just going through. Joel? And, yeah. Oh, Joel. yeah, Joel. Mike. Is it Joel? I work with a guy named Joel. Um, yeah, I would say this is now. This is from a different kind of more evangelical, biblical, uh, maybe a more yes. fundamentalist Bible. Um, as somebody who uh, I'm not particularly religious, uh, I think that's well known. <laughs> but um, I, uh, I am. Uh, I grew up Catholic, where they give out booze during the worship. So, yes. not really. Didn't, didn't really, not maybe not seen eye to eye with that. Um, no, because a big part of the Catholic story is that uh, Jesus has supernatural power and he turned water into mm -hmm. wine, and it represents well, the blood of Christ. I think that's part of. I think that's part of all of these stories. Frankly, um, is he it just with might the have turned it into. Uh, I mean, he at least would have turned it into grape juice. New well, wine, that's still pretty good. Which is like. Uh, um, Bud Next Generation or whatever that bullshit was. Bud Next, Mom. Bud Next, I think, still had alcohol in it. Uh, <laughs> this, um, so these guys put this ad out there. It's pretty good. Um, and uh, Imperial Taproom was voted best beer bar in the state of Texas after that. And uh, he went, then this guy went and stood in front of the Panhandle Plains Historical Museum to protest the crafts and drafts event. <laughs> This guy, this guy's really just like mad at everybody. Um, so I don't know. Unfortunately, the brewery closed. Yeah. Uh, right before COVID, so um, you know, probably I don't think it had anything to do with this guy though. No. Uh, where is this from? Is this like where is Canyon, Texas? Is this by Amarillo? That part is especially insane. Um. Okay, it's over by Lubbock. Yeah, well, so that yeah. is the panhandle. Yes, it's right. It's right by Amarillo. Okay, so um, yeah, you don't want to be in this part of Texas. I drove. I drove straight down forty, Tony, here uh, through Amarillo in December of 2020. I'm not sure if I ever mentioned this, and uh, it was you know height of height of COVID second wave. Yep. Um, this is like as bad as it got. Really, pretty much, <laughs> right after right after Christmas. So everybody is sick and uh, dying and killing grandma. And uh, we drive past this place called the Big Texan Steakhouse or some shit 
like a big tourist trap <laughs> joint on 40 there. And it's one of them places that does like, you got to come, they got billboards all along 40 in Oklahoma. Stop for the 72 ounce steak and a beer challenge or whatever. And um, we're just cruising down past, past it on the highway. And I see in the parking lot is full to the brim, lying out the door of people <laughs> waiting to go in and eat and eat steak at this god awful place and get killed. It was it was remarkable, tremendous, good stuff, um, really really funny. Uh, uh, but there you go. Um, all right, next one. What else we got? Oh, this is this is one of mine, Tony. You know I love a listicle. You do love a listicle. Li- listicle as it gets here. This is from Smart Asset. Best cities for beer drinkers, 2022. Thank you to Ashlyn Brooks. Um, really might be a porn star. Sounds like a porn star. <laughs> Ashlyn Brooks. Um, this is the 2022 set of uh, 20 top 25 cities for beer drinkers. So here's some key findings out of this, Tony. Um, Chicago has the most breweries. Um, the top three beer drinking cities have stayed the same, and the study's average price per pint uh, in the top ten cities uh, is four dollars and sixty-eight cents. Um, the city with the cheapest price for a cold one was Clifton, New Jersey. Where uh, shout out to Max Lopman if you want to check this out, they can get a beer for a dollar eighty-five on average. That is a bad. So let's start from the bottom real quick. We're going to go bottom up on this. Um, really build some um, excitement on the top 10 here. Now I'm shocked. Number 10. 10. Number, well, actually, you know what? We can do number 15 while we're at it. Um, how many should we even do? It's 25 on the map. Should I just speed through the top 25 here? Yeah, let's do the top 25. Top 25. Let's do 25. 25 is our friend W2's hometown of Duluth, Minnesota. Yep. Um, where they're paying $5 a pint there. Uh, number 24 is Bellingham, Washington, a town I've been to, not far from the Canadian border. Um, number 23 is Knoxville, Tennessee, home of Joel Beer, X-U-L, good maker of lagers out there. Uh, number 22 is Athens, Georgia, an Atlanta suburb, I believe. Is it? Maybe not. Uh, it, it might, actually, it's not. It, no. Athens, Georgia is where one of the... The University of Georgia is, I believe. Um, Then we've got one from your home state. uh, Yes, the one of the worst states. um, uh, Sorry, (laughs) one of the worst cities you can go to. uh, Probably, I mean, honestly, most of Nevada is total dog shit. um, Is uh, Reno? It's nice. Some people fucking love Reno. It's just not for me. But they do some good breweries. Uh, Reno is number 21. Um, you know, good for them. They have, uh, they do host a Zwanzi day there, uh, at a good place and they have revision, which we know is good. Yep. And they have lead dog, which is good. And they have imbibe, which is, um, they got a few things going for them in Reno. Um, other than it being very, very cold also. Uh, number 19, speaking of cold is Madison, Wisconsin. Hey, great, great beer city. Yeah. Love it. Uh, but unfortunately for them, they're tied with Columbus, Ohio, um, which is a place, uh, the home of less, the home of famous pedophile and wealthy man, Leslie Wexner. Oh, there you Ohio. go. Yeah. Uh, number 18 is Loveland, Colorado, which is um, hopefully Fort Collins is on here. 
It is okay because I'm like that's just the city yeah. next to Fort Collins. Yep, it is. Um, number seventeen is Syracuse. Number sixteen is a place that refers to itself as Beer City, USA, Grand Rapids. Number fifteen is Akron, home of LeBron James. Um, that might be the cheapest beer on this list. The average price for a pint in Akron is three dollars. Yeah. Um, now I think some of these numbers are skewed because you look at mm-hmm. when we get to number seven that that's kind of skewed by a lot of like macro beer that would be skewing the price. Uh, Denver, so Colorado. Here, sorry. Yeah, here's what I'm going to say real quick: is that putting Reno and Madison, and I'm not saying Reno should be as high as it is. I don't even think Madison should be as high as. It is. How about Grand Rapids? We use that as an example. Grand Rapids is behind Akron. I mean, I don't, you know, we need <laughs> maybe, yeah. maybe not. I mean, listen, Grand Rapids, I know, is has maybe not, does not have the, the weight that it did, um, you know, 15 years ago as a brewery or beer city. Yep. It's still pretty good, though. I mean, they still got some good shit in Grand Rapids, you know, and in the neighboring area. So kind of tough to argue. Um, Tony, 14 is Denver. Uh, 13, you might have some qualms with. I'm not sure. I, I don't really know. I know they're a, they've got a shitty quarterback, but um, I don't really know their beer status in Green Bay. And not much. Green Bay being 13 is quite bizarre to me. Yep. Um, I, I don't know if I could name a brewery in Green Bay. I think there's a brewery called Titletown in Green Bay. Um, they might make something good. I'm not, I'm not sure. I would say Green Bay is not as good of a beer, interesting beer city as Addison. Yep. You know, if we're just going on Wisconsin, and probably not Milwaukee either, for that matter. Well, no, it, it doesn't um, rank. Oh, yeah, Milwaukee's there. in here, yeah. Uh, but, and then you got the two the two Portlands right next to each other That seems lazy here. right there. Yeah. <laughs> just, uh, let's just put the other Portland here. Yeah. Yeah, 12 is Portland, Maine, and 11 is Portland, Oregon. Um, they, they're both great. Uh, why are they reasons. behind... Why are they behind Missoula, Montana? This was a shock for me because I play poker um, with a guy that lives in Missoula and there's not much going on in Missoula, I've got to say. I know they've got a lot yeah, of breweries. They do, have, they do have some good breweries. I will point out they have Imagination, which is a good brewery. They have Big Sky, which is a well-known brewery. Yep. Um, they supposedly have some good bottle shops and stuff too. So, you know... Maybe there's more to this. You know, Draftworks is supposed to be a good beer shop. Um, there might be something to that. So maybe I'm being, I don't want to be tough on them. It is tough to say Missoula is a, you know what? It's cheaper than Portland, Oregon. This so maybe there's that, you know, it's cheaper. Also living's lower. You get the dark sky experience. That's pretty cool. Um, so maybe there's something to this. I do know a beer writer, a beer writer that we read, read of uh, a lot of her material. Uh, does live in Missoula, uh, Kate Bernat, who we read her stuff on Good Beer Hunting <laughs> sometimes. So she's from Missoula, so maybe there's maybe there's something to it. Um, okay, so the rest of the top ten, number nine is Austin. I'll be there in a month. I will continue uh, yep. vetting these claims. Uh, number eight is Fort Collins. Great, great, great beer city. Should be higher probably. Number seven is New Orleans. I uh, I doubt I, I do not agree this. with these claims. Yeah. There are some good breweries, has, from what I've heard. There's a great beer bar in New Orleans, of course, and uh, Parrish is in Louisiana, but it's not in New Orleans. Um, 
courtyards there. They're good, um, yep. but there's you know nothing. I don't know. I don't know if I buy that. Number six is Cincinnati. Eh. Eh, I don't know. <laughs> um, number five is Asheville. Absolutely Asheville. Amazing yep. beer city. Number four is St. Louis. Can't yep. argue with that. Absolutely. Number three is Milwaukee. Uh, number two is, I, I think I'd probably have St. Louis above Milwaukee, but sure. Okay. Okay. But you're splitting number, hairs. You're not oh, really arguing. Splitting the hairs. Point. Yeah. Number two is Bend, Oregon. All right. And then number one is Pittsburgh. Now, Pittsburgh, uh, I don't know a ton about their scene, beer scene there, but I'm sure uh, they have some good, I, you know, I know Cinderlands is good, um, and that's really most, maybe that's that's about all I, I have a feel for for Pittsburgh, but I, I have heard it's a pleasant place to visit. You haven't checked um, out Dancing Gnome or, or Grist House? Sadly, Las Vegas did not make... The top 15. Oh, no. Um, Chicago, I would say, maybe placed a little low. Uh, what, due to it being number 35? Um, I know that's not a lot of breweries per 100,000 re- residents, but um, I've never been able to fit 100,000 people into a brewery anyway, so who cares? <laughs> I love that. Uh, gotta love that. Chicago's by Buffalo um, in Lawrence, Kansas. Dayton, Ohio, number 45. Uh, I don't know, Tony. Um, and then uh, oh, here's the worst one right here. The worst city on this whole list. Number 47 is Springfield, Illinois, which is just a fucking miserable pit of the earth to be in. Well, do you Blech. think, based on what we've seen in this list, do you think some breweries get a rating for the armpit cities they're located in because they're the only only it's, shining star. Right. But I think also they're getting benefit for price of a pint. Um, so Seattle is number 49 below Springfield because it's $7 for a beer in Seattle. I mean, that's just, you know, and Boston isn't even on here, I don't think. Yeah, so you're, you're missing some big cities because they're factoring in this cost of living aspect. Um, Which is weird. Yeah, I mean, maybe maybe the thing is to talk about like the cost of beer per against the average, you know, some sort of index, I guess, of some kind. You know what I mean? Instead of yeah, but, instead of just throwing out a number, you know. But if you're in a shitty part of Texas and you you're living with those people, just because you've got one good brewery shouldn't outweigh somebody who. Is loaded up with breweries has has choice, and that that's a better beer city. And the wages and things shouldn't really come into it. I don't think. And like I get it at the high end, if something's unobtainable, I I get it. And and perhaps they should be slightly dinged for it, but I don't think it should have as bigger impact as it seems to have had in this list. Once you get outside the top ten. All right, Tony, last news story. It had been at least a week since we talked about brew dogs, so uh, better throw brew dog. Another brew dog issue here. A brew dog fruity beer ad banned over five a day claim. A brew dog advert has been banned for suggesting its fruit flavored beers counted one of your five a day. Um, brew dog adverts often, you know, this is from the BBC, so that's why they're talking like that. Um, brew dogs adverts often court controversy. 
of course, right? Uh, put some campaigns have backfired. So they made some kind of joke that this counts as your five a day of, of fruit and vegetables or something. Yeah. Um, and so on. So uh, I'm not sure what those... Uh, I wasn't sure what their, um, their fruit line was, but I, I had to look it up. Of course you did. Um, and uh, they have a... They have a having a hard time finding specifically what the beers were because all the only thing you type this into a list and all you get is 600 articles that say bring dog add something or other you know um so i i found a few of them and i think we're going to play a little untrapped game with some of these brew dog fruit beers now the reason we're going to do that tony is because i i'm making an attempt to go to the brew dog las vegas um, maybe tomorrow, even Ooh, Tony. actually, as, as you know, if you're if you're listening to this uh, t- today or yesterday or whenever this comes out, um, but in in mere in mere hours, I will I will potentially be at the Brew Dog rooftop. You um, you may very of, well be uh, drinking lost. some lost lost in guava or whatever here. Yep. So some um, hazy Jane lost in guava, and you could be live discording it. Because we don't live tweet anymore, live discording. Yeah, I could, I could live discord it. So why don't we do some of these? Uh, I've got, I've got three, uh, um, dog uh, fruit beers here. Why don't we, uh, why don't we play a little untrapped with it? Huh? Get down the well. Tony, let's start with the first one, and this is the one that I think maybe I could not believe this existed because it sounded so disgusting. Uh, you're in the well. You're stuck down there. Um, you're you're looking at um, you're, you're distracted because you're looking at the porno. I get it. Um, try not to think too much about your own banana here because I've got a different banana for you. This is the lost in banana, Tony. And okay. this is four and a half percent, twenty IBUs. Uh, it's got five hundred sixty-five check-ins. This is their Lost Lager infused banana. It is a banana German Pilsner. Ooh. Um, <laughs> sounds just horrible. That's <laughs> fucking gross. Yeah, it's absolutely bad. Uh, really awful. Lost in banana. Yeah. Um, can you give me like they, can, some of the, they canned this beer also? I would like can you give me it. like a highlight from some of the last check-ins from it? Oh sure. Um, let's see here. Nobody seemed too interested in typing a lot of this. J- Jasper Verstappen I gave it a three and a quarter here. Um, Rob Horst is it two point two five? No banana flavor. You know he's English because he spelled it with a U. Um, uh, Mark Hendricks gave it a four. Light banana flavor, light beer taste. Um, and here's a, this is from Mark Lindhout, and he says, Auf het mein Indisch kennen Sinn auf de Smack bandit beer. Well, that was his fantastic. Helpful. That was. De banan kommt so going 
there's a translation here. Whether it's my Indian, oh no, it got racist. Whether it's my Indian genes or the taste of this beer, it's fantastic. I thought it um, was German by your accent. No, it was. Uh, I believe he was Dutch, actually. Um, I think it was Dutch. The banana. I, I. I can only be what I am, Tony. The banana looks so good that you think you're drinking vitamin C. That can't be a great translation of that. No. Um, great taste, light foam, and patented by Chiquita. Uh, this guy gave it a four. Okay. But all um, these high ratings aside, there's no way um, that this school... Yeah, you got, you got some mixed bags here. Most yeah. of the people who talked probably gave it a pretty good rating. Yeah. So this ta- this one tastes like banana medicine I used to get as a child. 1. That's 7. what I was thinking. So I'm going to give it a score of three point four. Two and I think I'm high. Three point four two and I think I'm high. Tony went high. Uh, it's three point two five. Oh, that's where lost, I wanted to go originally. Boston banana. Um. Well, let's do another one. Uh, let's see if we can get a good. Uh, let me see if I can get a good fruit here. Um. Aha, all right. We have, uh, you know, they got the Hazy Jane line now. Uh, they talk about Hazy Jane guava in the uh, in the um, in the article there. So why don't we jump to a different one? This is Hazy Jane peach, 5%, 12.2,000 2, check-ins on Hazy Jane peach. It, it is exactly what it is. Uh, it's Hazy Jane infused with peach. Um, okay. Five percent, yeah, twelve point two k check chickens. That's all you get on this one. I think um, here's some reviews of it. Yep. Uh, let's look at some recent ones. Shockingly peachy. I'll finish this advent calendar someday. Thank you, Krista. Um, we have uh, oh, here's another international one. Sick, good considering the low alcohol content from <laughs> Haken Johansson. Um, and great taste, enjoying the peach flavor, great fruit flavor. People seem to like this one, Tony. Fruity. Yeah. Do these fruit flavors add to the experience, or are they just an unnecessary description from a decent ale? I'm going to sit on the fence and say I love Hazy Jane, and I like the fruit versions. Still reckon the only addition required of a decent summer, 3.50. Life is peachy, too. Um, Not a bit of me, truth be told, two stars on that. Okay. So some mi- a mixed bag, mixed pretty bag. major store for this one. Four point two five from Ollie Patterson. So you got either all over the place. They are. Um, to me, this is this is coming in a little higher. But let's not get crazy. Let's not get into the fours. I don't think um, this is a four worthy beer, but it is a three point eight four beer. Three point eight four. Too high, Tony. Oh. 3.61 for, uh, for the peach. Damn, uh, damn I'm down easy, in the well. Jane peach. Now, quick question. Oh, does the well have air conditioning? I suppose it doesn't need it. It is a well, so. It's nice in there. Um, Tony, last one. We're going to go back to the Lost in Lager. Um, this okay. is called, Tony, do you pronounce it lychee or lychee? Lychee. Lychee, okay. I don't know why. 
it got ingrained in my head to say lychee, but it's lychee. Um, lost in lychee and lime. This is lost lager infused lychee and lime. Um, 3.2 thousand check-ins, 4.5%, of course. Um, now, lychee and lime sound better to me than banana, but not that much. I'm not a big fan of of fruit in, in lager, I guess. Tastes like a soft drink lemonade than a beer. Very light lemony taste, 2.75. He got it from Fotex. I know where that is. That's in uh, Copenhagen. Um, haven't had a lager and lime in donkey's years. Three stars from Daniel Harvey. Um, so you're looking at a similar mix bag here, I would say, Tony. Uh, Adam Deeks says candy and gives it four, four and a half stars. Okay. okay, Adam Deeks. I don't trust him. Yeah, I don't think I trust Adam Deeks. Um, quite refreshing, actually, 3.25. Kenny McKay, 1.5. You know, you got you got a mixed you got a mixed setup here again. You know, fruited lager from Brewdog, distributed all over the world. Three point two thousand check-ins. What do you think? Uh, this is terrible again. I'm not going to get caught out. Um, so I'm going to go three point two two. This sounds the worst of the lot, and maybe I'm still okay. too fucking high. That one you are going to get just barely a consolation for Tony. It's three point three two for the lychee and lime. It did better than the banana, but worse than the hazy Jane. So. You got a little bit, little bit off of it, but you're still stuck in the well. Oh well, you know, whatever. You'll you'll love it. You got to wait for the drippies. We'll get you out just in time to put your tucks on. Don't worry. Um, so you can get ready for the for the big awards next week. In the meantime, uh, while everyone's getting excited for it, please make sure you're posting your drippies uh, nominees yep. in the Discord um, if you're there. But uh, Tony, why don't you tell uh, people how they can find us? In nope. general? We've got a bonus. Untrapped. Oh. It's for eh? a beer called Brewdog's Mango Madness Fruit Beer. Thank you mm. to Chat GPT for coming up with mm. this one. The base is Brewdog Punk IPA, special ingredient, mango puree. The description, Brewdog's Mango Madness Fruit Beer is a refreshing fruity twist on their classic punk IPA made from a blend of mango puree and punk IPA. This beer has a tropical, juicy flavour that is perfect for sipping on a, on a hot summer's day. I'm not going to read the next sentence because that gives away what um, they give it on untapped. Uh, whether you're a fan of fruit beers or just looking for something a little different, Mango Madness is definitely worth a try. What do you think... Chat GPT gave this fictional beer that they came up with out of five on Untapped. Mango Madness. Uh, I would say they did. Um, did they give you like a check-in count or anything? No, I was trying to get a check-in count, and they they tell me they mm. can't do that. Go three point seven two. I can't give that to you. You're down in the world with oh. me. I have company. You are nowhere near it. Of course, they're going to give it themselves a high score. It's a banger. It's 4.5 out of 5. Oh, oh great. All right. Well, there you go. Sure, I'm sure that would be true. Uh, 
Thank you, Chat GPT, for that one. I just thought I would yeah, add that one. Awesome. You know, I'm, I'm having great fun Very with good. this artificial intelligence. <laughs> but if people want to send us artificial intelligent emails, you can do that at beerengineshow at gmail.com. Um, maybe you can interact with us on Untapped using Chat GP to, to create like a bot-like mm. conversation. If you want to do that, my man, Griff AD, is hanging out on Untapped. So so am I, and I'm St. Moz on Untapped. Um, you can also interact in our comments on Instagram using chat GPT, um, and our handle there is at Beer Engine Pod. Um, but if you want to pay us money, you'll need to pay us real money, and you can do that at ko-fi.com forward slash Beer Engine Podcast. How did I do, Griff? Was that a good wrap? Very good. I thought it was terrible. Oh, yep, and if you want to get if you want to get in our Discord, you can do it. You can just uh, drop us a note on Instagram, Beer Engine Pod, or an email, Beer Engine Show at gmail.com. We will add you to Discord. You can send us your nominees to the Drippies, if, uh, but I highly recommend you do that. Uh, we put the awards up, the uh, and and we'll be handing them out next week. Um, can't wait, Tony. Uh, that's it. All right, I guess we'll see you guys uh, in a week in my tux. And in my top hat and in my, with my little cane and uh, kind of a Mr. Peanut look, is, I think is what I'm going for. Monocle and all. Um, yeah, monocle, all that stuff. And, and um, it's, it's going to be a good look, I think. All right. We will see you guys there. Uh, farewell.